Hi, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast. It's episode 49 now, so we're doing well. Um, got lots of stuff going on this week, actually. Uh, we're, we're still working hard at the character expansion. We've pretty much done all of the hard work. Now just comes the long, boring part of actually <laughs> putting it all into the system and creating the levels. But it's pretty exciting, I've got to say. We, not only have we done an analysis of billions of characters, um, we've we've done an analysis of billions, billions of characters to get what we think is the most accurate fluency list, taking into account not only the props or rather the components, but also the compound words. And it would take. I want to do a whole podcast with Phil just to talk about the entire process because um, it's been it's been really exciting. Well, for nerds like us, anyway. Um, we're increasing the size of the course, if you don't know, by 150%. So it's currently just under 600 characters. We're going to increase it to 1,500. So we're adding 900 more. Um, and with those 900 characters, because of the incredible work that was done by myself and Phil and another mystery person that's really helped us out with his big brain, you know who you are, um, we have... Uh, with those 900 characters, which is a lot, but we've unlocked way more useful words than we normally would have because of the just incredible analysis that we've done. So, put it this way, we're about, we've done the character order, the character order is ready to go, but we want to have the characters and words up at the same time. So we're going through and seeing exactly what words are going to be unlocked. We're less than halfway through the order, so we're about 400 characters into the order, and we're already up to 1,300 new words. Okay, so we're looking at at least 2,000, probably closer to 3,000 uh, new words that are going to be unlocked from these 900. We were originally going to have the next level, level 37, out within a week, but then we realized that there's just so much more work to do with the words. Um, so definitely within a month, possibly two or three weeks from now. Okay. Um, it's going to be great. And then every week, I just sound like Trump then. It's going to be great. Every week, um, we are bringing out a new level from then on. So level 37 comes out. And then every single week after that, we're going to aim to bring out a whole new level. Now, sometimes we might be, you know, we might miss a week. And then the following week, we bring out two levels. But on average, that's our goal to get, tw get the, there's going to be 20 levels in total. So we're going to get all 20 levels out in 20 weeks, five months. That's more than enough time to stay ahead of you guys whilst you work your way, smash your way through, really, the, the new characters and the new words you're going to be unlocking. Now, as for reading content, right? So if you're on the course, if you're not on the course, please go and try it now because I've got another announcement that's very important, uh, which I'll get into in just a sec. But... If you're on the course, you might be wondering, what about the written content that we actually get to consume? Conversations, dialogues, opinions, stories, these sorts of things. What we're going to do, so this is, I guess we're going to call this phase six. Uh, we haven't really decided that yet, but this next stage, this next 900 characters, this huge chunk that we're going to add on, I think we're going to call it phase six. And what it's going to be just purely longer form stories and uh, articles and things like that. Um, and for the words, the individual sentences for the words, when you have new vocabulary unlocked set, uh, lessons, 
we're going to use the sentences from that wider context of a story. So this, that's what all the example sentences will be, or pretty much all of them will be uh, directly from stories which you will later unlock at the end of every level or throughout the levels. We haven't decided that yet either. But that's like the next stage. So first we're going to get all the characters out, the new characters, all the new words together, level by level. And then as we sort of release the levels, we might have to wait until after we've released them all, but and then go back, depends on how well we automate the entire process, because it's a lot of labor, guys, it's a huge amount of labor, we have to upload and type in and copy paste everything by hand, level lesson, lesson by lesson, level by level. Um, so we're going to hire out as much as we can for that to speed up the process. Um, and we're, then we're going to also hire out for writers, really good writers that we can, including Annie, of course, Annie's been fantastic, but we're going to try and gather a little team together. So we can really get some good quality content. Not only that, I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say this. We have been speaking to those wonderful guys over at Mandarin Companion. And uh, they have agreed to license a small amount of their content for us uh, so that we can actually give you ready-made sections of their wonderful graded readers uh, that will be appropriate for your level. Um, so that's going to also give us a bunch more content without having to do a bunch of labor as well. Uh, so that's really exciting too. Um, of course, if you're not on the course or you're early on in the course, you might be like, you're not going to be very excited by this yet. But you will be once you start to get to delve into phase three, four and five of the current format. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of the, the big, well, that's not the big news actually. The big news, I suppose, would be uh, as long because we're increasing the size and quality of the course so much, and oh, I should mention, I get, I get excited. I want to mention something else. We got as well as the course expansion, we're going to go back to say level twelve and thirteen, where the where currently it just stops having videos. There's only like one or two videos after that. We're going to go through and see where we can add in video, videos. Where would be valuable to add in videos, such as guided scenes. Uh, how to make words, how to learn words rather, uh, grammar lessons, uh, just motivational like tidbits as well that I know that you guys like, like the level review videos. I know you guys are big fans of those. Um, so we're gonna also do that. So we've got, we've got big projects ahead of us um, and we're very excited to get started on them. So that that's the course expansion, right? That's sort of gonna take several months to a year to or everything I just said to sort of get started on. So because we're increasing the size of the course so much and the quality of the content, we're also going to be increasing the price. Now, don't worry for you guys that are already on the course, uh, the price will stay the same for you, no matter what as long well, actually not no matter what, as long as you stay on the course, you actually stay on the subscription. So say you're on a biannual, um, well, first I should explain exactly what we're doing. Oh, I get so excited, I get, I get just become terrible at explaining things, sorry. <laughs> so we're gonna be removing the biannual option uh, because if you're, in, if you're in the course, it's gonna take you, you know, a few months at least to get through it anyway, uh, even for the fastest people because there's gonna be so, so much content. Um, so we're gonna have only two options now. Instead of monthly, biannual and lifetime, we're getting rid of the biannual getting rid of the lifetime, we're gonna have a purely monthly and annual. 
That's it, just those two options. Now the monthly price is gonna stay the same. It's gonna be $30 a month. But the annual price, the, we originally sold biannual every six months, $15 a month. But we're going to be increasing that to an annual charge of $288. So that'll be $24 a month. Still, <laughs> still uh, worth way more than that, but that's the price that we decided to go for. We did a lot of calculations, we figured that will keep us going, no worries. So uh, again, for people who are already paying for the course, of course, if you're a lifetime uh, customer, you never have to worry about paying again. But if you're monthly or you're biannual, uh, you will be able to stay on what you're paying right now for good, as long as you don't cancel. If you cancel and then come back, then you'll have to pay for the new price, right? Um, so that's that. Oh, and the deadline is September 25th. So yeah, so we've got a good few days, even when, the, by the time this, this uh, podcast is released, you should have at least a week left while uh, before that. And we're going to send out a bunch of emails to remind everyone as well, uh, who isn't, who aren't not on the course, but we have your email, we're going to be sending you emails just to, hey, get in there while you can, fair warning, you know. So Yes, big news this week. Very excited. Um, awesome. So let's jump into today's content. As usual, we're going to go through uh, the props that we've had this week. So we've got a couple of actors, we've got a couple of sets, a couple of cool movies, and some just general miscellaneous stuff. A lot of stuff about pronunciation, actually, this week. Um, and a couple of just nice emails that we thought we'd share with you guys as well. So first props now again i always say this i know but just if you're not on the course or you're not quite familiar with how the course works um we have a memory palace technique for memorizing character characters and it's i would say it's not the most important part of the course it's all important it's all vital but i would say it's the most uh it's definitely the most unique part of the course um and it's it's the part that people really really get to um, be creative and really have a lot of fun with because you just make these movies in your head um, and we every week <clears throat> we're still getting increasing amounts of comments and people clearly people are excited about it because they're constantly sharing cool stuff and I gotta admit way cooler stuff and way more creative stuff than Phil or I could come up with even if we were sitting in a room doing this full-time trying to come up with stuff that's the wonderful part of having user-generated content, right? So there's blog posts explaining everything I'm about to go into. So without further ado, um, let's jump in. If you don't know what I'm talking about, click on the blog post and go check them out. Okay, so first we've got to pick a prop for Xiao, which means little. Um, it's actually a very cute little character as well. Abigail, uh, one of our best clients, she says it looks like a bit like a fairy to me, so I chose Tinkerbell. And Tinkerbell is very small as well, so that's a, a way of connecting to both the appearance and the meaning of the prop slash character, whatever, at the same time, which is like a double connection, which you don't have to try and do, by the way. Don't, otherwise you'll just stress yourself out. But it's just cool when it falls into place like that. Uh, Matthias, uh, very interesting name. I'm not gonna try and read it, I'll insult you. Um, pick a prop for, I believe we called this rooster, because Dan means, um, the original meaning is to is a rising sun. Um, he's just said, 
uh, he just said, yeah, this character looks, it reminds me of a top hat. Go with a top hat then. Um, and that's what I love about this method. That's what a lot of people like about it. It's just something that you don't like what we, we suggest. As long as it goes, it conforms to the general guidelines that we lay out, which basically is, it's got to look like what you choose, right? So for this, you couldn't choose, I don't know, a car. <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't look like a car, right? It's got a sort of a, to you, it's got to look like that thing, or it's not really going to work. Um, so he said it looks like a top hat. We do actually have another prop that is a top hat, but, and people often worry about that. They, they often contact us, like, what if I go and I sort of venture off the beaten path and I choose my own prop for a certain character or a certain uh, component rather, and then it ends up coming up later or you know the prop I choose or the component I choose is, is already used. It's like, well, no big deal. You're good at, you can just come up with a new one, right? It's no big deal at all. Uh, Michael, on pick a prop for Jan, uh, which means to occupy. A globus cruciger, imperial orb, is closely linked to occupy. And because it's round shape, just like a crystal ball, it's also a reminder of the alternative meaning of fortune teller. Okay, I understood about 40% of that. <laughs> but that's the cool thing. Again, Michael, obviously, that's a very specific to Michael's taste. And what, I, I, something to do with Star Wars? I don't know. People are going to hate me for that. But yeah, it's, I don't know what you're talking about. A lot of people might not, but it doesn't matter. And it matters that you find that memorable. And that's why it's awesome. Uh, Alina Dana Koroyan, uh, pick a prop as well for Jan. Again, means occupy. Max uh, Cavalera, Sepultura's vocalist for the song war for territory. I mean, again, look at that. That's just so personal. Territory. So that's how she's related it to Jan to occupy, as in, you know, I'm going to occupy. Jan, this diva, I'm going to occupy this, this this country or whatever. That's That's fantastic. Really good. And that's something that, again, is not very good for me personally because I'm rubbish, as I always say, I'm rubbish with audio, music. I'm not like Phil, I'm not a musical person, really. So songs don't work for me. Audio doesn't really work for me, but it works for a lot of people. Um, it's really fun as well to bring in, in music if that helps you memorize it. I think we've got a few examples of that today as well. Um, Kathleen Gans on the pick a prop for Lure. She's chosen a geologist, specifically a, geolo a geologist's rock hammer. See that for me, uh, the, I actually know what that is based on Shawshank Redemption. Um, I mean, that's the little hammer he uses to make those rocks and to eventually tunnel out of prison. So that, 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 work, that would work for me very well, actually. And it does look exactly like that. And we've got one here, another one from, uh, another, one from uh, Greg Reed for pick a prop for what we call cardboard box, because that makes sense to us. I'm sure we've had a lot of other suggestions for it as well. Cardboard box just makes sense. And Greg has gone for one that I actually get and a lot of people won't, which is Snake. Snake as in the character from Metal Gear Solid. So when, when he dies, you get someone come in your ear like with the radio saying, Snake, like, you're not dead, are you, Snake? So I've, and I've just been playing that recently, actually. So computer games, again, I've said this before, this is to sort of justify my own time wasting, which I do a couple of times a week. It's like a guilty pleasure, play, play a bit of computer games. They can help, they can actually be useful. So you can actually play computer games either in Chinese if possible. So you really 
actually are, you could turn around to your wife or girlfriend or husband or whatever and just say, I'm studying Chinese, right? It's in Chinese, can you see it? I'm learning, now excuse me, I have to kill these zombies, right? It's fantastic. Or if it's not in English, you can say, well, I'm just building, I'm just building tools for my memory palace later, right? So, you know, stop interrupting my learning process, please. Um, that's what I do anyway. So good job with that, Greg. Uh, I would definitely use that one myself. Alina Dana Kuroyan again on pick a prop for J, which um, means to stop. Uh, she, there's some, there's lots of ideas for this one, but she's given us a couple, and I really like it when people do this. Um, it helps obviously the community. She said Neo from the Matrix, the idea of stopping bullets in the air with his hand. And if you choose Neo, it doesn't mean that every time he's for this reason, for this prop, it doesn't mean that every time he's in uh, any of your scenes, he has to be doing that. Him being that character in, is, in itself is a representation of stop. Um, and then the next one's Freestyler. A child from Bomb Funk, MC's original, no, you lost me on that one. Iconic freezing scenes, okay. But she went with uh, Neo in the end. Yeah, great, awesome. Thanks for giving multiple ideas. Even though you only went with Neo, you still shared the other one, which is very helpful. So thank you. Um, Jack Brady, last prop of the week. Oh, this is actually not a prop. This is more like um, a keyword connection, which is similar. It's, 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 the thing that goes on in your brain is very similar. It's just a linking of a physical, of a meaning to an, another visual representation of that meaning somehow. So, you know. It's fine. So Jack Brady says, on a make a movie for sure, so it's made up of Yenzapang, which is the speech component on the left, and then Dui, which means to exchange, but we say it looks like a devil. So in order to make the movie, as in that, that, that connection, we had a very good idea, I don't have it in front of me who came up with the idea, but you can go to that level, you can do a search function if you're in the library, and uh, or in, the, in the actual course, search for that character and it will come up, make a movie a deal with the devil and having him use the prop to sign with the devil is so intelligent nice so jack's just showing some appreciation for the great idea and we had that we have that on lots of places throughout the course uh, as i say a lot of our users are now way better than phil or i at doing this and it's it's great to see a little bit jealous but it's great um so a deal with the devil and having him use the prop so the idea is sure so you're speaking a deal, with, a deal with the devil, and Yen Zapang and Doi. So the devil is the right side component, and there's something else for the the speech component. But basically, that's the idea uh, behind the whole movie: the idea of a deal with the devil. Oh wait, is this for Doi? It might be for Doi. Sorry, this, uh, this is under make a movie for sure, but this might be for Doi, which means to exchange. So that might be more appropriate. Um, I'm not sure because there's devil horns. It's 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 confusing, but um, generally the idea is fantastic, um, and it's it's one of those examples of this is what we used. To, one of the things that we teach. One of the sort of really important guidelines for getting great movies. One of the things you could try anyway. I believe we call this a, just an extra thing you could try. It's not like a must, but it's just a cool thing to have in there. Is cultural tropes things that we all know about, or at least in our you know, general culture, we know about the Western culture or whatever, um, 
or Eastern culture or whatever it is, Middle East culture, whatever your culture is, you have a specific representation that not everyone has. So um, uh, religious things as well, uh, having like re religious tropes as well. Um, uh, the idea of the devil, you know, and God and the deal with the devil, like Faustian deals and stuff like that, that's very cultural, right? It's not something that everyone might know about. So I remember there was a, we had a, <laughs> this one is completely a bit over my head because it's nothing to do with my culture personally as a British person, but we had a Mexican student and she had a knife component and a rain cloud component. And it worked perfectly for her because there's something to do, any Mexicans listening, I hope this is right, but there's something to do with stabbing the rain, like a knife causing rain or because of rain you stab something, I can't remember. But it, she was like, brilliant, I can use that in this, it just came to her. And of course it became a very memorable character for her because of that thing that's only unique to her culture. Um, awesome, so that is all of the uh, props that we have for this week. So let's jump into actors. I only have a couple of actors, but we had one person give a bunch of examples and a really cool idea, which I want to share. Alina Dana Karoyan again on casting call Mu. Uh, Mu Le, main character from Chinese movies and movie An Oriental Odyssey. Is that an actual? If that's an actual Chinese movie, this 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 could also be a good rep like a good suggestion for general generally for people to watch to help with their Chinese as well. So great. Uh, we have a couple of um, uh, very uh, avid users of our course that are really into Kung Fu movies, like Chad being one of them. Um, and he, all of his, or a lot of his actors are uh, act characters or real life actors from these Chinese Kung Fu movies. So that's like another layer of attachment to the, not just the Chinese language, but also the culture itself. Uh, River Nixon, this is the cool idea. So we have four groups of actors, right, that represent the different initials, as most of you will know. Um, so, and it's just so that visually you know exactly what ca category they belong to. So we have males, females, fictional characters, actors rather, or characters. And then the final group is kind of like a wild card at this point. Um, it started off with just gods. Um, that was based on the original uh, method that we found this on, um, the pronunciation, uh, like the, the uh, on Country of the Blind, right? Um, this blog blog post where we originally saw the inspiration for this structure based on the pronunciation, like actors, sets, uh, rooms, and stuff like that. Um, but as time went on, we made a lot of tweaks to the the method ourselves and. One of the cool little tweaks that we made, and this was because, not just because of us, but other people that we taught it to, hundreds of people that we taught it to over the years, we ended up saying, thinking about adding different groups. Like, so for example, because there's only six, that's not six, that's six, because uh, there's only six different actors for this final group, there's not that much to remember, so you can just make them all sort of, in, as long as they're all related and distinct from the other three groups, it's fine. So we had one person come up with rock bands um, or just a member of a, <laughs> I think one person came up with like a, a sixth member of a boy band. I don't remember what the boy band was. Um, world leaders is a big one that we go for. 
um, and uh, communist leaders, specifically communist leaders. Uh, and this and River has gone for characters from a specific TV show, Lost. So for you, it's got Hugo, Hurley Reyes, Ju uh, John Locke, Chu Charlie Charlie Pace, Lu uh, Ben Linus, Nu Kate Austin. Oh sorry, Nu sorry, Lu Nu and Shu. Uh, Quan. So it's got all these characters, which I know all of them as well. I used to watch that show. And so that, that, that's how they are distinct from everyone else. I think that's such a cool idea. And you could just build on that so much, couldn't you? Um, and I highly suggest that you do. Uh, we might add some uh, reminders for people earlier in the course to do that. So thank you for that. Brilliant. Uh, just one set suggestion here. Uh, set is the location that we use for the the uh, opinion finals. Fred Snyder on set the scene, second set the scene. How about a piano located in the living room of my house? The Anne seems to fit and set the virtual stage. Well, you shouldn't use a piano as a specific tone, so they have to be around the piano. That's unnecessary. But by all means, whenever you have, say the piano is in your dining room or living room, which would be third tone. Um, whenever you are, your actors are in the th that room for a third tone of that particular um, set, involve the piano as much as you want, and that adds a nice sound component to it. And you are, you've got a piano in your house, so I imagine you're musical as well, to some degree. So uh, you can use that piano, but don't, don't, uh, it sounds like what you mean is Yeah, it's, it sounds like what you mean is the piano itself represents third tone or what have you. If I may be misunderstanding you there, but just in case, I thought I'd mention it. But yeah, involve that piano. Involve the set, involve the room, involve the objects in the room. And that will not only you know, give you more things to work with without affecting the scene, so it sort of gives you more props for free without confusing your final um, conclusion, your final uh, recall of that memory. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Okay, so that's all for the actors and sets this week. Let's jump into the movies. So we've got four movies, movie ideas this week, I believe. Um, let's jump into the first one. So this first one is for E, which means already, which as you can imagine is a fairly difficult a rather abstract concept to imagine. Not, uh, not once you've gone through the entire course, by the way. Uh, if you're in the course, it, it, it's not that hard at all because we guide you constantly on how to, do, how to handle things like this. But you can imagine that to visualize the concept of already, it can be quite tough. So let's see how he does it. So for the cardboard box component, I had imagined a cardboard box with the top open on its side, yeah? to help with telling the difference between E and uh, G and E. Oh, do you know what? Greg, I, I, I talked about Greg doing a snake earlier and I didn't explain why, what, what the hell that has to do with a cardboard box. Snake, is, like you play as snake in the game. He is a uh, sort of a, the specialist of the special ops. And 
you're like a stealth guy, right? So he would often use a cardboard, you can use a cardboard box to hide yourself. And that's why he connected that to cardboard box. Anyway, so let's, let's move on. So I'd imagine the cardboard box with the top open on its side to help with telling the difference between ji, which means uh, self, and it's incredibly similar, as you can see, and yi, which means already, completely different meanings, very, uh, very similar uh, appearance. I incorporate part of the fish hook, which is a component. Yeah, that's another thing that can be tough about this, is that ji and yi both have exactly the same two components, just slightly different positions. So it'd be like this for your, from your point of view, wouldn't it? So sort of like that, and then that. <laughs> it's, it's just such a small difference. So the bottom part is fish hook, and he incorporates that into the cardboard box, which is an Amazon package, with a, but he makes the cardboard box have a small opening as if someone already tried to open it. So he slightly tweaked the prop, and that is also the keyword connection. I like it. If, you, if you've got an, like a, a, as enough attention to detail within the actual scene, so maybe you could do like a, a close-up of that, I think that will work really well. When I think of already, I think of here's one I made earlier. So I think of like someone bringing, bringing a, a hook out of a, like a, maybe a famous chef or something, bringing a hook out of the box saying, here's one I made earlier, but works really well. I think yours is a good idea too. Uh, the next movie we have is from Kathleen Gans on Zhi. So she was, oh sorry, Rang, Rang, I apologize. So uh, Rang, which is um, Yen Zipang and Shang. So the, the speech component and Shang, which means above. So let's see what she's got with that. Ricky Gervais, so Rang was an R, so that's gonna be Ricky as the actor is in the bathroom. It's the fourth tone, so it's the bathroom. He's drawing a bath. He stops and giggles as a line of ducklings are heading toward the tub. He picks up his loudspeaker or microphone, that would be the speech component, and points to the ceiling above so everyone can hear, make way for ducklings. He makes an exaggerated step away from the tub to yield to the ducklings as they hop one by one into the bathtub. Very nice. So Shang would be, okay, so Shang, I guess you're, you're referring to the ceiling. I'm not sure what the bath or the, or the ducklings have. So the ducklings are clearly directly related to the keyword. So although they're not obviously directly related, so um, I think it could still work. I think it could still work. And the ceiling, is that like a separate... I'm, not, I'm just not seeing it. You didn't, didn't clearly uh, label what is your prop for Shang? What is your prop for uh, this? And, and what's your keyword connection? So it's a bit hard for me to see it. I like the whole concept. It's very funny and entertaining. It's very simple, actually. Make way for the ducklings. Ducklings come through. But you're pouring a bath and you're pointing to the ceiling. I'm, I'm not sure. It, might be too much going on, might be bringing up too much stuff that's not quite related. Um, but overall, I like the idea. I like that it's entertaining. But make sure that if the ceiling is your prop for Shang, then it has to stand out from just a ceiling because every single room has a ceiling, right? So you might recall that later on. You might think, what was, what was he doing? What was he pointing at? And there's nothing there. You might forget that. 
that it's shan't. So um, maybe have a, a certain material or color that is always the ceiling when it's shan't or something else that relates to on or above. And uh, why ducklings specifically? I'm not sure. I guess that's kind of a common trope as well, isn't it? Sort of ducklings coming uh, crossing a road and everyone's stopping for the ducklings. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, the next one here is Alina Dana, Kuroyan, on Make a Movie for Mien. This is giving people a little bit of trouble because not only is Mien a very unique character, but there's also been some disagreement or various different suggestions for what props are actually in this. Because And <laughs> this is one of the examples where we actually agree more with the suggestion from you guys than our original suggestion for the props. And you can see the comment where we actually addressed this uh, in a previous podcast together. Um, but uh, Alina says, I stumbled for a bit because of the hundred difference problem, that's the two different sets of props. But after watching your comments from the podcast, I decided to still go with the two props alternative, that's our original one. Um, so we originally said, okay, let's have by hundred and more eyeball. I'm sure after some repetition, this will remain anyway into my memory, but just to get really sure, I came up with this. My 100 prop is connected with a 100 lei, lei banknote. That is Romanian money, by the way. So in this particular case, I emphasize it is a new never folded banknote, while in general, other old banknotes are folded and unfolded many times, so they have a horizontal stripe in the middle. It seems so complicated because the many words I just used to describe it but in fact, it comes easier directly to the image, directly into the image. The 100 lei banknote is in my scene for a prize for the winner, and the winner claims it to be a new, perfectly beautiful banknote. Lovely. Uh, I'm not sure how that last bit relates to uh, Mian exactly, but uh, that might be a continuation of a previous comment, or so I'm just missing the point, which I sometimes do, right? But overall, it seems like you've got the gist of it. And these scenes don't have to be perfect, and the props that we use to make them don't have to be exactly perfect. You just have to remember them for, for when you view, view your flashcards and um, so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't need to be stressed about. It doesn't need to be absolutely perfect. So don't worry about that. That's great. All right, next here we have Alina Dana Croyan again. Um, thanks for all the comments this week. Uh, ideas for supplementary prop for shoot. Or fire. Uh, so Nancy Sinatra's song "Bang Bang You Shot Me Down," Bob Marley's song "I Shot the Sheriff." Uh, so I, I, it looks like you're suggesting just purely have the music as a prop. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that, even if it, even if you've got an amazing aural memory. Um, visual is is there's got to be some visual component to the prop there. I'm, I'm pretty staunch on that. I mean, Phil might disagree actually, but I doubt it. Um, but it would be great as a support structure there. And I see that you've gone with a physical prop eventually anyway. So you say, actually, I finally made the prop three fingers gun. I guess it'd be like that. As when children are playing and making a gun using three fingers. Yeah. Uh, and in my scene for to shoot, sure. The masked Jim Carrey, uh, thank you for labeling that, as Shen enters shouting, somebody stop me. That's also the meaning of the prop, body. Uh, and with his three fingers, he shoots dozens of tape measure tools, the other prop, all over the place. Twin. Bob Marley, I shot the sheriff as audio in the background. Good. So this is actually a comment on 
the wrong character to comment on Xie, which is the next character. But so this is for, for sure that's a fantastic movie. It's really good. Very simple as well. Um, she says, uh, I think it's easier to learn one or more word and prop than to use a combination of more than two props. Fair enough. Yeah, and you can make tweaks as much as you like. Um, as long as you gen generally follow the guidelines that we lay out, very generally, like there's lots of wiggle room. Um, remember, the guidelines that we laid out are a product of thousands of hours of, of live, live lessons and feedback and... Um, but generally, yeah, we're very, it's very flexible, very free. So if you find something that, um, that we've laid out for you and you think uh, my way would be better, we're always share it with us. Don't just do it. And then, um, and don't talk about it. We want to share it with publicly or as a comment or send us an email directly. We'd love to know about this stuff. Um, right. So that's the last, uh, movie we have for this week. Thank you guys. Very creative as usual. Um, let's move on to just some bits and bobs, as I re would refer to them. It's just miscellaneous stuff, stuff about just general things about Chinese or pronunciation. So let's have a little look. So uh, Evelyn Rydell on Simple Final A Introduction. For some reason, this one gives people a lot of trouble. The ah, because there's three different A's. It gave me trouble too. Um, I could do it, but I, could, I didn't realize that there were three different pronunciations. This one confused me too, as it sounds as though you are saying a short A when you say the word cat, but then the long A when you say ba. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, so I think I did this a couple of podcasts ago. Um, I say there's a chi the, chi the Chinese A, the most common A pronunciation is very similar to that of cat. A, ta, cat. And then people would say, well, that sounds different. <clears throat> Um, the A in cat sounds different from the A in bat. I'm like, well, I guess. I mean, slightly, but the difference is so minimal. I, I think I rephrased it. I think I, I, it's better to rephrase it as the closest thing to in, in English is that of cat. So, but yeah, well, that's that's why we do these podcasts. It's not just to keep in touch with you guys. It's also to add in video content um, that clarifies people's comments. So. I'm glad that helped, that explanation. Now, here's an interesting question from Chad. Uh, Chad Wrestler for Tingjian, which means to hear someone. In the first sentence, which you guys can go check out if you're on the course, we give example sentences for every new word, made up of words and characters that you already know, so you can read everything, or almost everything. We don't want to make it too easy for you, so there's no like thrill of discovery. In the first sentence, would it have been equally correct to use kui instead of nung? All right, so let's have a look at the, the sentence. Uh, the sentence is, 你能听见我说话吗? 你能听见我说话吗? It's, uh, can you hear what I'm saying? Uh, so here, nung would be perfect because it's literally, are you able to? Here is related to able to. Um, so uh, using kui wouldn't really be uh, ideal. I imagine some people might use it, perhaps in some situations. But it's more like, um, can you, like making a request, or um, is it uh, asking permission? You know, it's it's not really quite used in that way. But nung, when you are you physically or otherwise able to listen and hear what I'm saying? 
so yeah, so that's to answer that question. But this reminded me of a cool thing we used to teach back in the day when we were doing live classes. Um, I took this from uh, Sinosplice, this cool Venn diagram, which should be appearing next to me at some point. Um, it goes into detail about hui, neng, and kui. And I'll put the link in the description as well, so you can go to the actual original one. I, I just really liked this. So it talks about the different uh, usages of hui, neng, and kui, and some of them overlap. So, for example, hui, you can see A here. Hui, the ability, ability in the sense of to know how to. Ni hui shuo dongwen ma? Like, can you speak Chinese? Have you learned that skill? Um, but nung is also used in that respect as well. It's just maybe less so, you know. Um, B, kui and nung. B and C, you can see that kui and nung also overlap. So uh, nung, so kui, like I said before, is used for permission. Uh, can I sit here? Is also, can I sit here to ask permission? But the way I see it, in my experience with Chinese, nung um, is more polite. Because you're it's more close to, am I physically able to with your permission? Do you see what I mean? Um, <laughs> so I remember I was sitting out on the steps uh, outside a uh, embassy and there's just police everywhere. And I just sat there calling a taxi. A taxi was taking like 20 minutes to come. It was really annoying. So I sat down. And the guy immediately comes over and he said, You, can't, you cannot sit here. So it kind of works the other way, do you see? So nung is, on paper, technically, it's physically able. Right? And I'm thinking, actually, I, I very much nung sit here. I can, I can, it's very easy. I'm very good at sitting as well. Um, but he means you so aren't, aren't allowed to that I'm going to use the word nung, which means you, you physically can't sit here. Now, of course, is also fine. You know, so you're not allowed to, you don't have permission to sit here. But nung just seems stronger in that sense when saying you can't do something, just as it seems stronger when you're asking permission to do something or more polite. Um, I just think that's quite cool, little subtle difference. Don't stress out about these things though, like people don't really care if you mix and match slightly in the wrong place or whatever. Uh, C, of course, nung and kui is possibility. Uh, so in a similar in a similar way, nung is just a little, I guess would be uh, like more strong, saying it's definitely possible or impossible or less possible. Um, D, permission not granted, yeah, bukui. Yeah, of course, we know that one. And impossibility, buna. Yeah, so that's standard, right? So the B, the E and the D are standard. Um, but the A, the B and the C, maybe you didn't know that one. Yeah, it's just a slight, a subtle overlap. So just check that out. There's an article about it, which uh, we'll link to. Just thought it was a cool little sidestep, little tangent to go on. Um, so thanks, Chad, for that. Uh, Daniel Dalforno on nasal final ENG. Hi, Luke and Phil. For me, pronouncing the R, the R, was really difficult. It is for most people. It's really tough. Probably the toughest, I would say. I think we say that in the pronunciation mastery. It's like the toughest initial to pronounce. But thanks to you, now it is really easy. Thank you. That's awesome to hear. I think the most difficult part is the positioning of the tongue. Yes, because it doesn't exist in English. 
Um, and I don't know about other languages, but I assume it's fairly rare in general. Um, I think the most difficult part is, yes, okay. Da, da. I didn't know that I had to put the tongue on the roof of my mouth. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the roof of your mouth, but yes, like towards the roof of your mouth, like curl it back, absolutely. Um, so when I tried to pronounce the R, I really didn't know how to do it. Repeating the sound is really hard without technique. Again, thank you very much. And that just goes to show you, 95% is real, like re real practice, and you need about five, maybe 10% of theory as well, as an adult learner. I mean, uh, I don't know about the whole, I'm, I'm not like a linguistic or a psychological researcher, so I'm not gonna to touch that, but kids just seem to be able to pick it up without needing specific uh, instruction. But as adults, you know, we have so much other baggage and our own beliefs and our own uh, knowledge, so much of it, um, that it's just more, we need a bit of explanation, um, a bit more theory than maybe a kid does. I think kids need zero. Um, Rebecca Weeble or Webble on Annie uh, Lao Shi review, nasal final ENG. The word Zhen is what sent me to this pronunciation course and I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. To me, it says it's like the opposite. So he's like, yeah, I've got it. Thanks for the R. I can now do the R. This, this person, Rebecca, she's like, she's not, she hasn't worked for it yet, okay? I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. To me, it sounds like it's often pronounced more like the J sound, like Z-H. Oh, like Jen, yeah, sure. I can't really figure out how Annie is saying it. Mm. It's more subtle when Annie does it, I guess. But it doesn't sound like an R sound made with a retroflex tongue, or at least my retroflex tongue. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to hear what your I have to hear your recording or um, possibly even watch you do it. Um, but retroflex tongue. One thing you might be doing is going a bit too much. This is what I used to do when I started out. When I thought I thought my pronunciation was really cool, so I went I overdid it a little bit. So like, instead of saying Zhen, uh, I was like, right on tongue right at the back. So maybe you're doing a bit too much, as we say, like a bit too much Sean Connery in that. Um, so maybe just chill out on the retroflex. Annie, Annie does, I, I actually got it in front of me here. Let's have a quick listen. So I've got the video here. Let's have a listen and watch Annie do it. Ren Yeah. So you gotta remember that the way I speak English and the way Phil speaks English is different, right? Um, and the way I, I speak English and the way my brother speaks English is different. Um, there are subtle differences between the way people speak in within the same language, even within the same dialect, you see, because people are different. People have different sized mouths and cavities and tongues and teeth and all that stuff. So uh, I, I, there's a difference between the way Annie says it and the way I say it. And I don't think that's because I, I'm not a native speaker and she is. Like, I know, I like for example, you'll hear uh, my wife say "zhen" and it sounds more like a "zhen," and she's saying it for me. It sounds slightly more like a "zhan," like a more like an "a" "a" towards an "a." It's still an "e," of course. I'm not going to criticize. I'm not criticizing her. Goodness, I'm, I don't have that much um, hubris. But uh, 
Uh, I'm just, that's one thing I wanted to point out first, is that there are slight differences just between even native speakers and whatever. Um, but I'm hearing an R as well. That goes for same things like initials. So, like for example, um, some people say the R very strongly. We actually mentioned this in dialectical issues uh, towards the end of the course. Some people say zhen, right? Really tough. Nishinali zhen, right? Some people say zhen, really soft and gentle. Uh, difference between males and females, northern, southern, Chinese, still standard, but slight influences. So do not worry about these small. I realize that you can worry because I'm not a native speaker, right? Yeah, well, you're doing it from different from her, so that must mean that um, you're doing it wrong or you're teaching me wrong. And, stuff. and I completely understand why you'd think that. But I, I say zhen, zhen, zhen. It's, uh, it's how it's said, right? It's how it's said. So, uh, yeah, don't worry about those tiny differences. This, and, and that mean, that's good, by the way, that you're, you are worrying about it because that means you have a good ear. And that means you're going to do well. Things used to drive me crazy. Um, like, again, my wife, when I first met her, she would say, Van, and she still does. <laughs> that's how she speaks. Uh, like, W-A-N, instead of Wan, Wan, like, a w sound, she would say van, van, slight V sort of sound. And it would drive me crazy because she wouldn't notice it. And I'd say, you're saying V, what, where's V in the pinion chart? What are you doing? I don't understand, can you explain it? And she was getting stressed, so I'm not saying V, I'm saying W, van, van. I'm like, that's a V. <laughs> you know? So it was, uh, and again, having a good ear can, uh, can drive you a bit crazy, uh, <laughs> but don't worry. Just uh, take everything like that with a pinch of salt. You've got the basics, all right? And you're gonna listen more, listen more to different types of content and you'll start to notice these small differences. It's all, someone from Yorkshire and someone from London still speaking English, technically. Um, <laughs> good, Fred Snyder on another nasal, nasal final EN. Um, when I, he says, when I listen to carefully to Annie's pronunciation of bun, it sounds more like the American English of Ben, like Ben Franklin. I hear you, your pronunciation more like bun, bun, the pastry, like bun, right? Am I hearing correctly? And again, you probably are. You probably, there is probably a difference. Let's, let's have a look. Okay, well, let's listen to Annie's video. I say it like this, bun, bun, pamen hun, bun. Un, 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 un. Un. Bun. 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 Men. Men. Tamen. Tamen. Hen. Bun. So, I mean, I think we're pretty similar. Um, again, there'll be lots of small differences between uh, sexes, between um, dialect. Like, she's from the south, and she she'll probably you'll probably hear a slight difference because you've probably got a good ear too. You'll hear a slight difference between her and the way my wife says it, you know? Uh, and again, it could be frustrating, but just remember, stay positive. It's a good sign. But uh, thank you very much for the message. Uh, brilliant. So we've got an email here. I believe it's an email. Yes, from Brian Long. Um, 
And he says, I lived in Chengdu from 2013 to 17, and I loved it over, over there. It is great here. Uh, I'm planning on sticking around here for at least another three years. Um, unfortunately, I had to move back to the States because my father was sick. Sorry to hear that. Uh, since being back, I felt like I had some unfinished business with improving my Chinese. While in Chengdu, I studied vocabulary through various apps and could get by at the store, in a taxi, etc. But was intimidated by tones and characters, as most people are. So I didn't really learn them, as most people don't. Uh, I also spent way too much time at places like BNS, Tag, <laughs> Hacker Bar, and on apps like Tantan. Ha. Tantan? What's that? Uh, anyways, I hope to return to Chengdu one day, so I'm continuing my Chinese studies. I stumbled upon your program last week, and I love it so far. I'm now enjoying the process of learning characters and tones, so thank you. And you notice that, thank you, Brian, our pleasure. I hope you keep going with the course, keep in touch as well. Uh, we love to hear updates from people's progress. That goes for you listening as well. Um, if you haven't contacted us yet or you haven't contacted us in a while just to let us know how it's going, please do. We love hearing from you. Um, so, yeah, first of all, Chengdu is awesome. If, you haven't, if you're coming to China, stop by Chengdu just for a couple of days, at least a couple of days. You know, see the pandas at least. Um, and it's a great place to live, probably the best place to live in China, in our opinion. Admittedly biased opinion. Um, I'm now enjoying the, yes, so one thing I want to mention about this is that's a great point about characters and tones. Brian mentions characters and tones together, and they do actually go hand in hand when it comes to our method of learning. Because you're mapping out visually, using incredible proven to work mnemonic techniques that are used by memory athletes, um, to map out every aspect of the character, including pr the pronunciation, or at least its main or at least most common pronunciation. Um, so fourth tone is visually the bathroom or the back garden. First tone is visually outside the front entrance. There's no arguments. That is, that's, of course that's first tone because I'm out in my front driveway next to my car. It, it becomes like a no-brainer. We've had, we've had so many people, I don't mean to keep, look, I mean, this is our podcast. We can toot our own horns if we like, right? <laughs> like, if there's one place to do it, here we're allowed to do it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we've got we've had people that have taken the HSK five and gone through our course and um, you know because our course especially earlier on it was designed mainly for beginners now with our course expansion it's going to be like an intermediate to advanced level no doubt but back before it wasn't we we would still have people join the course and get a ton out of it people from HSK five HSK six level like that passed the test would would come back to us a few months later and they would say, my tones have improved so much and my memory, of course, of the characters because, and their speaking would improve because of learning characters using our method. It's, it's great. So it's, it's very sort of holistic in that way. Uh, I look forward to seeing Brian's progress. Uh, Kathleen Gans, it's a word for pung, which means fat. I like hearing cultural tidbits like you've explained in this video. Now, I actually remember this one Phil mentioned that in China, people have a lot less reservations about saying that their friends are fat or even strangers are fat. Oh, you're kind of fat. Uh, oh, you never used to be this fat. Like they'll just say stuff like that. Um, it's just less of a stigma, I guess, over here. 
and that's a cultural tidbit. And we, we'd like to, we made sort of, we tried to in, include that whenever we can. Uh, and I would love, this is, I've mentioned this before, I would absolutely love, once we've freed up, once we've done the character expansion and we've got sort of a bit more freedom to focus on some other stuff, I would love to do a cultural awareness course all about business negotiations, drinking culture, um, just just uh, family, like how to deal with Chinese families and friends. And I would love to do a really intensive, detailed course, or as detailed as we can with our resources, all about all the little tidbits like that, cultural tidbits on all these different aspects of Chinese culture. That's one of my things I really want to do. More than a grammar course or anything like that, because it's so vital. Communication is not just about speaking the right words at the right time. It's about, well, I guess you know, you know, it's about looking in the right way, having the right gestures, um, and speaking Chinese goes a long way. Don't get me wrong, but if you also know where to sit at a dinner table based on who your guests are or how to address your new mother-in-law. I mean, this sort of thing, it, it sort of, uh, it takes you to a whole new level of impressive, you know, I know that from experience as well. Anyway, enough about that. Another one from Kathleen. Um, she says, I agree. I think she's agreeing with someone else who's uh, saying they like the uh, review levels at the end of a level, review, sorry, review videos rather. It's just awesome to finish a level and have someone tell you how great it is to have come this far and to keep going. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's a great thing, a great addition to the course, and we want to add more of that as well. So every level, um, we have one video for all 36 levels. At the end, what have you learned? What are you going to learn next? And how awesome are you for coming this far? And the levels are going to get a lot bigger as well. This is one thing I didn't mention at the beginning of today's podcast. The levels are going to get big. <laughs> at the moment, the levels have like 20, 25 characters and all their associated words and sentences and reading material and that. They're huge anyway. But we're going to be... The next 900 characters and several thousand words... Like, so currently, it has 600 characters, right? Uh, just under 1,000 words. And that's 36 levels. We, the next uh, expansion, which is going to have um, 1,500 characters, uh, sorry, 900 more characters rather, uh, and a, several thousand words, that's only 20 levels. So you could, the levels are going to have like 70 or so at the end, you know, 70 characters per level. So you're going to need some motivation as well, even though you'll be smashing, it, smashing through it much faster than you were before. We'll probably include at least one, if not several, motivational videos throughout each level so i'm glad that helps our instincts were right on that one um yeah we thought we thought you guys could use a little push as you're going through every level oh and um we've also got these uh phil's written these great emails as well which are going to eventually be blog posts but you, every time you finish a level you'll get a nice detailed really cool email from us uh that's going into detail about various things that you've learned, like grammar tidbits, cultural tidbits, as well as just general pep talk. Um, we really put a lot of work into that, so uh, that's great. I'm glad you guys will appreciate that. Um, good, so we've got Fred Snyder here uh, on 
NCC here. Okay, self-evaluation. What's your Chinese level? I've been studying for a while. Spent three months living in Beijing a while ago. Visit for five weeks, five to six weeks every year. And have two or three language exchange partners on QQ or WeChat. My biggest problem is tones and tone pairs. Mm. I think the pronunciation course is great. Realize that my tongue positions for several finals was, were wrong. Memory technique is fantastic. I guess you mean the hands of movie method. Um, I am able to text and have basic conversations in Chinese, but need to increase my active vocabulary. Ah, the wasteland of the intermediate. Yes, it's, uh, it, takes, it can take a while to get through that intermediate stage if you don't have the right methods in place. When I first started, I emphasized reading, grammar, and learning characters. Good idea. For me, the main value of these courses is learning the memory techniques. My goal is to be able to read more Chinese books and understand Chinese TV and movies to reach HSK 4 level competency. Fantastic. Yeah, well, keep going through the course and the expansion and you will. Keep listening whilst you're listening and just constantly listening. Listening, listening, listening. That was the key for me and Phil. Um, because listening is like a, what we call the, the easy win, you know. There's, there's a lot of good news about listening and bad news as well. The bad news about listening is that it's the most difficult to learn of the four, um, the four areas of language, you know, listening, reading, writing, um, speaking. We think it's the, the, the hardest and takes the longest time, rather. That's, that's what we should say. No, no, it takes the longest time. But the good news is that it's the easiest. Sorry, I messed that up completely. I was supposed to be really profound. Um, so yeah, the bad news about uh, listening is it takes the long t longest time to get to develop and you can't fake it. There's only so much nodding and smiling you can do before they figure you out. And uh, you know, but it, the good news is that it's easy to do. Just stick Chinese that you can mostly understand or sort of understand in your ear. Um, and you can do that without causing car crashes, whereas you can't read or, you know, so um, that would be my golden tip for you, Fred, would be listen more and continue to explore, explore constantly new listening stuff, pile it into your phone and just constantly be moving on to new stuff put Chinese in your ear and read it at the same time as listening to it if you can. That's a bit more uh, inconvenient and it's tougher to find that material. But um, Link, L-I-N-G-Q is great. That's one of my favorites. I still use that every day. Reading Game of, the second book of Game of Thrones right now with that. Uh, but there's loads of listening stuff on there too. And we have a bunch of listening stuff. I should have mentioned us first. I'm not a very good businessman, am I? Uh, <laughs> Um, oh yeah, we've got loads of awesome stuff too, but here, go for this other business. Um, yeah, we've got loads of uh, high quality native male and female audio for all of our flashcards. All of them. Every sentence, every paragraph, every story. We've got these ebooks that are interactive as well. So please go and check those out. Listen to them over and over and over and over and over again. But don't, you know, if you get, don't, whenever you start to get bored, stop doing the thing that you're doing. Okay. I could go on for, that's, that's a whole podcast right there. I could, I could easily talk about that for a whole podcast, but I can't. But if you want more detail on what I just said, get in touch, email. I'll be happy to go into more detail.
Um, and last email here, uh, I believe this gentleman, Soledad, he contacted us a while back. He's Spanish. Um, his English is good, way better than my Spanish is, but I bet his Spanish is better than his English, you know? It's native language. And of course, our course is only English, sorry. Uh, we haven't we haven't got subtitles yet. But we should actually, shouldn't we? Um, we can consider that for other languages later, maybe. Um, it says, hi dudes. I have a question that I already asked on your platform as one of the members, but now I cannot find where it was. Yes, I remember that question. Basically, he's saying, um, I'm learning Chinese with your English method. I learn the meaning of characters in English and then translate them to the Spanish language. Besides, at the point of making a movie, I always write it down in English because I did not really know whether it would work if I do it in Spanish. Okay, so first of all, big mistake. Writing down all of your stories, that's big mistake number one. We say, this is a popular choice for people in the early earlier stages of the course. We don't know why, we never did it, but people just naturally, the certain, a certain number of users just naturally want to write their entire stories out. We, we don't really encourage that unless you're being very nice and wanting to share with the community, please do that. But if you're doing it for yourself, then please don't do that. Please, please, please. Like That's the whole point of these memory palaces. So you don't have to write anything down. So it's in your head forever. Um, and to make it worse, you're writing it down in your second language, English, you know, which, and again, you're great at English, like clearly. Um, that's, the, that's even worse, bro, writing it down in Spanish. Uh, writing it down in English. <laughs> yeah, and then he says, in, when you review Anki, you're remembering the whole thing in English, then it, it's very slow, yes, a very painful way to do it. What do you think? Should I keep in English or could I turn to make it? Yeah, yes, learn the characters in Spanish, 100%. Um, the meanings of the characters, yes, that's important. Make sure you translate it correctly. Maybe look up the characters. If it's got a translation like, um, you know, I can't think of one of example, but maybe not everything translates perfectly to Spanish. Make sure you get that translation right, you know, or as best you can, as close as you can. Maybe double check the character in, in a dictionary first before you go and learn it, because that's key. It's called a keyword, right? The keyword is the, is the meaning. So make sure you get it right, but everything else, Spanish, 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 mate. Absolutely. Um, and we said, I would not, yeah, we mentioned in After Level 5, do not write down your, your movies to learn the character. And I'm confused about this point. Don't I need from now on to write down movies to learn a character? I do not do it. I have a feeling I'd not memorize the whole story. Again, this is a common thing that a lot of people have. You're not alone in this. But do not write down your stories. Trust the power of your brain and your memory. These techniques work. We didn't invent them. They've been around for thousands of years. And they've been made very popular over the last several decades by memory athletes. These guys can memorize hundreds of digits of pi in minutes using the same techniques, you know, decks of cards, all this crazy stuff. And they're not that smart. Some of them, of course, are, but like, they're not relying on their intelligence to do so. They're relying on these techniques, the same techniques that we use for this method. Um, now, 
I get writing down notes possibly in early on or but that's why we got Anki cards for every single aspect of the method. Actors, sets, props, the everything. Everything has a separate flashcard. Just so just in case. We don't even need it. We never needed that, and a lot of people don't. But we just added that just in case you wanted to use it. Okay. So yeah, make your study. Here's what you need to do. Stop writing down your characters. Trust your brain. Follow our instructions clearly, as, as closely as you can, whilst also having a bit of your own creativity too. Learn the characters and then review them. And the next day, see how much you remember of the characters. If you are consistently not remembering certain aspects of your characters, like the pronunciation, the meaning, etc., let us know, get in touch then. Um, but if you follow our instructions, you shouldn't have that issue. Because this, again, these techniques are proven to work and they do work. I've learned 3,000 characters. Uh, I learned 3,000 characters in six months without me teaching me, right? And I'm not that smart, trust me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I would say. That's all, you're doing great. You, you, clearly, you, you had a break from learning and you come back. Um, but you've got you to uh, relax and trust the method. I know it's hard, it's hard to say trust the method when you don't know if it works yet. I know it's kind of a catch-22. But uh, give it a shot, you know, gamble a little bit and it will pay off. Um, yeah, and again, get in touch personally. It's You're commenting on the course right now, but this is a quick, this, I'm gonna email you as well because this needs a quick response. You, if you want a really quick response, email us. Um, yeah, so that's, that's all I have really today. That's, that's the last email. Thank you very much, guys, for that. Um, I'm really excited about what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Very excited indeed. Um, keep the comments coming. Uh, podcast at mandarinblueprint.com or contact at mandarinblueprint.com. Get in touch if you have any issues or questions or comments or whatever. Okay. Always happy to hear everything and we always respond and read every single email. Respond to every single email. All right, guys, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, see you soon. The... <laughs> oh, man, fucking hell, I was so close then. Seriously, my brain today. All right, sorry, Lenka. I'm going to just do the whole sign-off bit again. So please cut away. After I've answered Soledad's uh, question, please cut, cut away back to me. So I quit sugar. And my brain is kind of like, just uh, not very fast. Okay. All right, guys, that's the last email I had this week. Um, so thank you very much. Keep them coming as well. Emails, comments on the course. Uh, remember, if you want a quick response, like within, say, one or two days, absolute maximum, get in touch on contact or podcast at mandarinblueprint.com. And uh, yeah, thank you very much again for all of your stuff this week. I'm very excited about what's, go what's gonna come over the next few weeks or so. The course expansion will be out very soon. If you haven't signed up for the course, go and do so because the price will be increasing on September 25th. All right guys, thanks very much. I'll speak to you soon.